This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Tempered Automotive Group, Tempered Ford and Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters. And Tempered Chevrolet and Sterling, home to Tedbert for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop at tedbert.com. Let's go to Jay Gruden right now on the BetQL guest hotline. So, Jay, let's start with the coach who was under the most fire yesterday at the end of the games. And that was Dan Campbell, whose Lions got to the NFC Championship game with him shooting from the hip. And then he went for not one, but two fourth downs in field goal range. They leave a potential six points on the field. And the fourth and two was a drop by Josh Reynolds. The fourth and three seemed like it was kind of dead on arrival. What did you make of those decisions? Well, good to talk to you guys. I think the first fourth down was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. They have a chance to go up 17. The significance of being up 14 instead of in in 17, the difference is huge in pro football, especially in the third quarter when the clock is now your friend. Um, you're going to kick the ball off and pin them back uh, at the 25-yard line. They're going to have to go 75 yards and score three times to tie you or beat you. And uh, I, I just don't understand. No one can convince me that that was the right call. The other one, the fourth and two, when they're, you know, down three or whatever it was, um, maybe because he's been aggressive all year long and, and they've actually produced and, and made some plays. But even that one, I think you got to kick the field goal. I like to think sometimes a worst-case scenario. Let's say we don't get it and they go down and score, we're down 10. That's a pretty bad case scenario right there. That, that means the game is pretty much over as opposed to tying the game. Then if they go down and score, you just have a chance to tie them. Or if you hold them to a field goal, you have a chance to tie them or win the game that way. But I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with three points nowadays. I just think, uh, you know, hats off to him for making some of those calls throughout the year. But I just think in the, in the NFC Championship game, I thought going up 17 was a huge deal. So, Jay, I want you to think back to your time as, as the head coach. The, the data is always flying around, right? Whatever it is, and everyone just sort of puts uh, any kind of information under the, the, the umbrella of analytics or, or otherwise. How were you made aware of, hey, the percentage chance is this if you do that, or the percentage is this or that, or is it something you didn't want to be bothered with it in the middle of the game? What was your process like? Yeah, we, you know, I didn't really use it that much. Um, I, it was still kind of new when I was there, and I didn't really trust the analytics because the analytics is a numbers thing. It's not a people thing. And you got to know the people on your team. You got to know the people on their team. You got to know the, the situation of the game. And, and you know, and you got to have the plays to back up the, the reason for going for it. You got to have a good fourth and three play. I mean, you got to, you know, it's tough. It's not easy to get three yards in the National Football League against the San Francisco 49er defense on the road. You know, there's a lot of issues that you have to take place. It's not like, it's a 48-yard field goal. The wind is uh, two degrees northwest to east or whatever it might be. I mean, that's where analytics comes into play. Fastball pitcher throws at 85 miles an hour. I mean, you know, those analytics with the numbers, I agree with. But when people are involved, situations are involved, I just don't agree with the analytics all the time. That's just me. If you were calling plays or coaching now with analytics having come a long way, and they do account for and you can bake in who's on the field to a great extent now, 
Would you be more inclined to use them than you were years ago? No, I wouldn't. You know, the only chart you really kept track of is a two-point chart, when you should go for two, when you should kick. That helps out a little bit, but that's pretty much common knowledge. I came from a league in the arena league where everybody was scoring left and right and you had to understand, I mean, shoot, we go for two here or not. So I was pretty good with going for two or kicking the extra point. Fourth downs, uh, to me, is a gut feeling call. and It's a people call. I mean, do you have an offensive lineman or your offensive lineman healthy enough to get the push that you need? I mean, I, I wouldn't go for fourth and two against the Baltimore Ravens when I was with the Bengals against Ole Nada and Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. And though that, it's hard to get two yards. You know, sometimes it's good to take the three points and, and let the other team make a mistake and let your defense play well when you have a good defense. Now, if you don't have a good defense and you're struggling, Aaron Rodgers is on the other side of the field against Green Bay, then, yeah, we went for it a couple times in our own territory. So there's a lot of things you have to take into account before you make that decision. I'm not going to let some computer piece of paper tell me what to do when I was going for fourth down. Jay, so the other part of that uh, that I think has kind of gotten lost in the sauce, talking about Detroit, and Jay Gruden with us here on G&D, that drive where they ended up scoring a touchdown on that fourth down, they took longer to me than they should have, and then that run on third and one that San Francisco, to their credit, ended up stuffing, that really ended up costing Detroit there towards the end of the game. Go through that sequence there and, and tell me what Detroit could have done differently. Yeah, obviously you want to throw the ball there because incompletion stopped the clock. Again, worst-case scenario, if we run the football, the clock's going to run, and we're going to lose either a valuable timeout or 25 to 30 more seconds, which we don't, we can't afford to lose. So you got to throw the ball there. Now, last week against Tampa Bay on fourth and two, they handed the ball up right up the middle uh, against Tampa Bay to Craig Reynolds, and he scored a touchdown. So that's kind of been what they've done all year long. They are a physical football team. Their identity is a tough physical offensive line that could get the ball to get the two or three tough yards. But in a situation like that where you're not only playing against the defense, you're playing against the clock, you got to throw the ball, I think, in that situation. Let's go to the AFC Championship game. Are we just at a point now where it doesn't matter who they're playing or if their opponent's better? If Mahomes is on the field, you got to expect the Chiefs to win? Yeah, I'm a moron. I picked uh, I picked the Ravens. Uh, that's uh, uh, you know After the first drive of the game, I go, what was I thinking taking the Ravens? When Mahomes went right down the field and scored, and uh, you know he's just so good. I mean, some of the plays he makes within the pocket, outside the pocket, are just ridiculous. You can't coach that stuff. And Andy Reid also has a good game plan to go along with Patrick Mahomes' ability to ad lib. I mean, he's a special player, special talent. He's proven it year in and year out. And uh, for people to bet against him, or for him to be ever an underdog, is insane to me. So if he's an underdog this week, I mean, I'd be willing to take Kansas City again because he's he's that kind of guy. I was saying earlier in the show, and I know longevity is going to decide this, right? Because Brady was so great for so long. But if you just stack up the first six years now for Mahomes and the first six years of Brady, if they win the Super Bowl, Mahomes and Brady will both have three Super Bowls. Mahomes has one more AFC championship game, four out of six. He'll be 15-3 and three in the playoffs. Brady was 12-2. and two. He'll be 72-22 and 22 in the regular season. Brady 70-24. and 24. The numbers are almost... Identical. I mean, he's he's on the Brady track after people said we'd never see anything like this again. And he's doing it, by the way, way more responsible for the success of the offense than early career Brady, who was, you know, kind of a winner, but a passenger in a lot of ways with a great defense and a great running game. I mean, this is historic what we're seeing. Oh, you're 100% right. And I don't know, I don't know what, what words can describe Patrick Mahomes other than he's you know, compete for the greatest of all time. He might already be there. You know, I, I mean, I, I, he's got to be in that conversation. The things he's done at his early stage of his career with 
you know, some uh, players around them that have been new. I mean, they got a new receiving core basically this year other than Travis Kelsey. You know, Pacheco's a young running back. And uh, it's just amazing to watch this guy play every week. You know, he's had his up and downs this year. They didn't have good games early. Their receivers were struggling a little bit. But, you know, he's going to make team the team around him better. And that's what a great quarterback does. He makes players around him great, and that's the best trait Patrick Mahomes has. Other than his athletic ability, his arm strength, <laughs> his ability to make people around him great is what makes him a special player. Yeah, obviously you're, you're uh, you know, an elite offensive mind in your own right, but let's say the defensive coordinator walks into your office and goes, what the hell do I do And playing against Pat Mahomes? Like, what advice would you give? I don't know if there's a good prescription to slow the guy down or stop him. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore did a decent job in the second half. I mean, I don't think they scored in the second half, but they didn't really have to. He manages the game well. He doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, you just got to try to do the best you can and play really good red zone defense. And, and the best you can have a great red zone plan, have a great third down plan. Uh, and hopefully that uh, he'll he'll make some mistakes eventually somehow. And you got to make sure you get people on Kelsey somewhere, somehow. Uh, two eyes on him or two hands on him. You got to nudge him out of the, when he comes out of the backfield. Something, you got to slow him down a little bit. But, you know, you saw Baltimore try to do different things, and when they try to play more zone coverage and only rush four, they couldn't get any pressure, and all he does is buy time and wait, 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 and he'll find somebody down the field. And if you try to blitz him, he gets the ball out quick to his bubble screens or the outlets, and he always makes the right decision. You know, people talk about his arm strength, athletic ability, but his brain, his football knowledge is, you know, top of the charts as well, and that's what makes him so great. I mean, you can't, you can't beat him physically, you can't beat him mentally. He's, he's, got, you to, he's got you in a pickle. Did you guys study him at all coming out of college? Yeah, a little bit. Now, he's a tough guy to grade. Now, he was at Texas Tech, and I think they were 6-6. Six six. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was their head coach, and, and he did some unbelievable things. He reminded me of Brett Favre a little bit in the fact that Brett and Southern Miss, you know, he, he had those wild plays, but he had, you know, eight or nine plays in the game. You're like, what in the hell is this guy doing? And I remember one game I saw him throw five touchdowns, which were incredible. He threw five interceptions. He should have had ten. So it, it was crazy. He just was a tough guy to grade. But obviously, Kansas City saw the arm talent, the athleticism, traded up to get him, and it was the greatest move maybe in NFL history. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Travis Kelsey yesterday, 11 targets, 11 catches, and a buck 16. 
you know, your offense, peak of its powers here in D.C., kind of went through Jordan Reed with a lot of those choice routes, options that he had, kind of beating people off the dribble like a basketball player with footwork. I mean, they let Kelsey freestyle in some of those ways and, and get open and just kind of you go do you, Trav, you know, every now and then. And he did it the whole game. Uh, I'm curious, where would you, are, are there tight ends that you would say were better than him at any point, or is he in the greatest of all time conversation for yeah, you? Yeah, he's in the greatest of all time. We actually, I was at Cincinnati in that draft, and uh, we had a chance. Of, we, he went to Cincinnati. He was right in our backyard. But he had a little, I think he had off the field issue, and he had a couple injuries, and we ended up taking Tyler Eifert. And I think, I still think, and people think I'm crazy, but Eifert could have been as good as Kelsey if he didn't have all the injuries because his first couple of years, he was ridiculous as well. His, his ability to move around and make plays down the field and, in space and uh, worked the linebackers. He was pretty good too, but nobody's like Travis because Travis is good at both. He can block you and he can uh, run routes and he can beat you man to man and he can beat you in zone. And he's got a great feel for the game. And, and after the catch is where he does most of his damage. He catches five yard gains and makes them nine, 10, 12, 15 yards. And he's a special guy. The feel for the game that he has, uh, the physical toughness that he plays with, it's unmatched by anybody that I've seen. Jay, I want to go back to San Francisco here quickly. I thought for the second straight week, and the first one we kind of blamed, or at least I did, on you know the the, the weather and and Purdy struggled a little bit maybe because of that. But I thought he was shaky for at least a half, maybe if not more, of football. He made plenty of plays, you know, down the stretch and 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 in the end enough for them to win. But that would have me feeling a little bit less than confident if I'm a San Francisco fan. A little bit, but you got to feel good about what he did to win the game and to put the team in, on his back. And he made plays with his legs, which was really impressive. Some scrambles that he had to keep drives alive, which were critical because. You know, Kyle's M.O. has been he has not been able to come back from deficits very well. Their drop back passing game has struggled a little bit, and Brock bailed him out with some key third down scrambles and big scrambles to get first downs. You know, that's all the more reason why I think Dan Campbell should have kicked that field goal to go up 17 and force the young quarterback to throw, be one-dimensional and throw the ball and take Christian McCaffrey out of the game. Um, so, you know, instead they go down 14, he throws that ball to Iuke, makes a hell of a play to the one-yard line, they score, and then Gibbs fumbles, and they score in the next couple plays and now it's tied up and all hell breaks loose so um that game was gift wrapped to him but purdy did an unbelievable job keeping his composure for a young kid and making big time plays when it counted there's really nothing i guess you can do i don't mean a literal timeout but like figuratively when a team just needs to stop every like stop the earth from spinning for a minute or two and let us get our bearings and let's talk about this like that was quicksand. I mean, everything went wrong. It was eight game minutes total for the 17-0 run for San Francisco with the fumble and running a punt that was almost down at the one into the end zone for a nice field position. Like everything could go wrong did. It was about 15 minutes of real life, it felt like. And the whole day just kind of evaporated in front of them. How do you stop that momentum? As a coach, if you feel that happening, what can you do? Yeah, it's not like basketball. You just call a timeout and everybody gets in the huddle and you come up with an inbounds play or something like that to try to try to make a play. Somebody's got to step up and make a play, a big hit on defense, a special teams key crunch play. Uh, maybe sometimes maybe it's a special play you draw up. Maybe it's a you know, reverse or something like that to try to get your momentum back. But somehow, some way, somebody on your football team has got to step up. Coaches can't go out there and yell at people, hey, let's get your head out of your asses. You know, you got to come out there. You got Somebody's got to make a play for you. You got to rely on your veteran leadership for that to happen. And, and both San Francisco has big time leaders on their team, and obviously Kansas City has that as well. And in, in their locker room, that's why they are where they are. Jay, I, I want to talk about Baltimore for a second. I'm just a dude that really likes football and like tries to learn as much as I can. But so far, be it for me to question an offensive coordinator that's had an unbelievable year in, in Todd Munkin. But here I go questioning him. 
I don't understand what the idea was. I generally hate when people after the fact or look at the totals of runs and decide if a coordinator was good or bad, but this is Baltimore. It's kind of what they do. They're great at, at, at beating the hell out of you, and especially against this Kansas City defense. I was stunned that they didn't feature Edwards or Hill or even more design stuff for Lamar Jackson. It was like they wanted to go down a certain way. I, I was befuddled by that. What were your thoughts? Yeah, same. You know, Dalvin Cook as well. I mean, if you watch Kansas City play Buffalo, Buffalo had the ball for like you know, 65, 75 plays, and Kansas City only had the ball for like 40. They ate up the clock, and they did a good job running the football. And if they could do it, surely Baltimore at their front, their Lindebaum, the center, and Zeitler, and, and, and the guys, Morgan Moses, those guys can get movement, and Patrick Ricard, that's what they do. And then they do the zone reads off of it and the bootlegs off of it. The game against Houston, they did an unbelievable job doing that, utilizing the run and, and uh, off the full flow, doing Lamar, keeping the ball, doing some things in that regard. But they turned into a drop-back passing game in the biggest game of their life, and it just didn't make any sense to me either. But I'm sure Todd Munkin had a reason for it. Maybe they were down early and they felt like they had to get a sense of urgency to make, make plays, but that's not who they are. They should have stuck with the game plan, in my opinion, and your opinion as well, I guess, and they didn't do it. Jay, I want to go through the head coaching candidates. Washington's interviewing five guys here today and tomorrow, and four of them just got eliminated. But I want to know, like, if you're helping run the search – a question you would ask, what you would want to ask these guys, if anything, or just your general take that, that pops up when you hear the name. So we'll start with Ben Johnson of the Lions. Yeah, who's your defensive coordinator going to be? Who's your special team coordinator? Uh, how much input do you want to have in uh, personnel? That's uh, what kind of, what do you think about these quarterbacks coming out? Uh, who do you like? Um, pick their brain in that regard. Who's going to be a running back coach? Who, who's going to be on your staff? That's the most important thing. Uh, how are you going to you know, develop these players? Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, you can't bring the offensive line with you from Detroit here, Ben. So you're going to, we're going to have to make do, what are you going to do to make this team better? And who's going to be your defensive coordinator? Cause defense struggled mightily. And what's your plan to fix it? All right. How about Mike McDonald from the Ravens who's 36 and just, you know, had the number one defense under his, uh, watch all season long. Yeah, you're going to call a defense. If not, you're going to, who's going to be your defensive coordinator? And who in the hell are you going to hire as your offensive coordinator? Who's out there for you? Who's going to develop this number two pick that we're going to get in the draft? Either Jaden Daniels or whoever the heck you're going to pick. Who's going to be your guy? Who's going to be your quarterback coach? Who's going to be special team coordinator? Same stuff. Strength coach. All that stuff is critical. And then, obviously, the same stuff about developing players and, and drafting players. How much input do you want? Are we going to work together? Do you want full control? I'm sure the GM probably has a desire to do the draft and pick the free agents himself. So, you know, if, if they're going to butt heads in that regard, then they'll probably go elsewhere. Do you know Aaron Glenn at all, the DC from the Lions? I just know of him. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you guys, you know, had Never been on a staff or anything. I'm just confused a little bit because, look, I, I guarantee he's a great leader of men. That's why teams are all interested in him. I'm sure he's immensely popular and has like that guy you want in your building vibe. But his resume is not like the others. Like, the Lions' defense has not been that good the last couple of years, whereas McDonald, number one, Johnson, top five, two years in a row as a play caller, Weaver's the D-line coach of the Ravens. You can explain that away with production. Glenn just doesn't quite match that, but maybe that's the leader of men thing. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said about that. You know, if you're a great leader of men like Raheem Morris or Mike Tomlin, those guys have been proven to be that way. But, you know, you got to – yeah, be able to bring people with you to help lead these men too as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there available to coach on these staffs right now, but 
picking the right people to coach the people in the building is what the most critical thing is. Is a head coach has to bring a team of people with them that are strong-minded guys that are great leaders, like you mentioned, that can develop players, that can draft players, and pick them and do the best thing for the football team. Jay, always great, buddy. Thanks for coming on with us. Talk soon. All right. Thank you. We'll see you, buddy. Jay Gruden, love chatting ball with him. We got one last ride with him as we approach the Super Bowl on Grant and Danny. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Tedbert Automotive Group, Tedbert Ford and Chantilly in Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters. A Tedbert Chevrolet and Sterling, home to Tedbert for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop at Tedbert.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.